bring you a special report. Westworld, Westworld, party time, excellent! <laughs> Hi, this is the illustrious Michael K. Easton. And I'm the grand man in black. The grand, oh, that's scary. Hey, it's just us. I know, I'm this scared. Is this is it. We're hunkered down in the bunker. <laughs> we are, by ourselves. We had a couple casualties. Didn't make it, we left them behind. I think the other night was the purge, and they got purged. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had the zombie fest thing this yesterday, and things got screwed up with when we were going to do this podcast. So it came down to Michael and I had a little bit of time. We were going to just talk about the most recent episode of Westworld, um, just to get it out there. So we have something for you guys this week for those people watching it. So this is pretty much all this is going to be about. I've, I told these guys. To, you know, Westworld's only on 10 weeks out of the year, and thanks for indulging me. We're going to talk about it. Which I was uh, telling Seth about how I've been on YouTube, because I've been sucked into the Westworld conspiracies. And I was trying to find the latest, greatest news, and so far nobody knows what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Except us, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. But... While while I'm not disproven, we're just going <laughs> to stick with the, some theories. And I've got a new theory well, at the end. One thing that I want to say is because we do this podcast every week, and unfortunately because I have such a unique way of speaking, um, sometimes I am, okay, all the time I'm usually at the end of the joke. <laughs> but today I was at uh, Asylum Comics doing free sketches for the kids. Um, they had a Halloween comic fest there where you get a free comic, and they had a um, Girl Scout troop to get a badge for comic books, so they came in, and they were talking to Jordan and I about comic books and the art. You know, it would be the first badge we would get if we were in it. No doubt. I think I would join <laughs> Girl Scouts just for that badge. Yeah. But what was funny was, after it was all said and done, I was like, that is probably the most eloquently I have ever spoken in my life. Do you think that would ever be caught on a podcast? <laughs> I was like, I actually sounded like I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. And all my words, I'm 99.9% .9 sure were all pronounced or pronounced correctly. Hey. But it'll Everybody, never happen on you there. Have, so. You have your moments. It's like all of a sudden you like spit something. Like uh, I was thinking of the episode where you kind of eulogized Darwin Cook. And it was like you were so, you know, well-spoken in that, that two-minute speech you gave about him. I was, We were just kind of in awe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I had people comment like, Michael really you know, said some nice things about him. And it was yeah, well put. It, evidently, if it's what I, what if I it know. It was near and dear. And yeah, <laughs> right. So anyway, we're going to break down episode four of... Westworld, by the time you hear this, you you know, we try to get them out as fast as we can, but we're all working men. So you might have seen episode five by now, uh, or you're just catching up on the whole series. Um, but this is through episode four. First off, I've got to say, they didn't kill Teddy! Or did they? Or did they? <laughs> uh, we'll get there. Um, so anyway, this episode we had, we started out, as we've started out, Pretty much every episode now on Dolores. Oh, yeah. Before you get to that, the Go recap part, because your whole theory on Bernard being Arnold. Yes. Um, they did a, on the recap, they did a close up of that picture frame of right. him and um, Ford. Right. 
and he dressed is dressed exactly like Bernard is dressed. <laughs> like he looks different in the face. Like you don't know if it's yeah. you know. Yeah, I I, I kind of disregard the picture. You know, yeah. like what you're saying, but I I need to go back and look at that. You but caught something that I didn't. He see. he had a sweater vest, and it was almost like the casualness of his attire huh. was very similar to what Bernard was wearing at oh, one point. Oh wow! Hey, I like anything that helps prove my theories. And everything else I don't want to hear. No, I'm just kidding. No, feel free to jump in at any time as I go through the episode here. Yeah, Cliff and Jordan, quit yeah. being silent. Yeah. No, they they obviously agree with everything I'm saying. They haven't interrupted yet. Okay. So it starts out in the past. Like I, like I said, we always start off on her face. Um, it started off like in her eye. And it was showing a reflection of... Bernard Arnold, Bernard Arnold, and uh, and I, I'm just gonna when I describe this, yeah, uh, yes, I'm going to be acting like what my theory is true as I describe it. So when I'm debunked later, uh, all of these will not matter. But it, but that's just the how I'm seeing the episodes. And feel free to correct me if you see something different. Um, anyway, this is what I think is the past, and Arnold is dressed in the. Or Bernard, I'm sorry, he's dressed in the all-black outfit. You know, and they're in a basement. That's another thing I forgot to mention last week. That's the difference between the two timelines. Um, that he, They're in a basement. There's nobody else around when he's interviewing her. Because in that episode one or two, they talked about when they went down in the basement, like they're like, no one's been down here forever. Or I, on I don't that, remember that. but like that... I assume the basement's like the lower level or whatever. But yeah. like when they went down to... Find Ford. Oh, okay, yeah. They were like, because I guess That's that right. goes along with your theory yeah. because yeah. everything seems to be in the same area. Mm-hmm. But when he's down there, he's all alone and and secluded. And it, it's, I think it's almost very similar to like where. Um, Ford was or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I'll so go back and check that out. I, yeah. I've kept all the episodes. I want to find stuff like that. Yeah, that helps. So he starts telling her about the maze. You know, he's cutting right to it. This is, he wants her to, he tells her about the maze. If she finds the center, she could be free. You know, so, and she thinks she wants to be free, so... So at this point in time when he's saying that, it's Arnold that's not Bernard. That's, you know, in my theory. Or at least this is, you know, this is the past anyway. I feel like this is the past. So, and this is why I think when the little girl, Lawrence's daughter, the Oracle, I would kind of refer to her in the who told about the blood arroyo and where the snake lays its eggs in episode two, I think, two or three, um, where she told the man in black that the maze isn't for you. I think, like Bernard is saying here, the maze is for the hosts to find a way to be free. So it wasn't for the man in black, like she said. To awaken their consciousness or whatever. Yeah. So then we see she wakes at the camp where she ended the last episode in the past with William. And then we go to the present. Or, you know, and, and when I say past and present, this isn't like strictly one, two different timelines. Obviously, as you, you see, like everything repeats itself multiple times. I'm, I'm just saying 30 years ago versus now. You know. The incident. Yeah. So we're at the Mariposa, which is the saloon, and the player piano is playing uh, The Forest by The Cure. That piano gets a lot of action. It does. And the, the lyrics to that are something about doing something again and again, which goes right along with the theme of this show. I didn't catch that. Um, so Maeve and Clementine are 
standing around talking, and, and Maeve starts, she sees a customer, and it reminds her of him, you know, killing them. You know, there was one of the, one of the loops, he, he murders everybody, kills Clementine, and drags them off. So she's, she remembers getting shot. Oh, the rambunctious group that was... Yeah. Okay. And she, she remembers getting shot in the belly. And so, and them talking about trying to remove it. And so she, this is her first thought that I may have this bullet still in me. And this would, you know, she's trying to prove to herself that she's not crazy. So she heads home, examines herself. There's no scar, but there's like a little blood stain on her shirt. And she, draws a picture of the like the hazmat looking guy that she just had just remembered and she draws sketches a little picture of it which i gotta say this episode made me think of so many things that happen in our own reality that people talk about like glitches in the system and alien abductions and you know there's like i was like after i watched this episode like i texted the group and i was like is something like is this reality or whatever that line is yeah, so she uh, she goes to hide this picture to remind herself, keep it and remind herself later about this hazmat guy, and she goes under the floorboards and sees that there's many, many, many pictures where she's done. It's a very memento feel if you've ever seen that, which we have a real connection to memento because, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan did memento. Uh, his brother and his brother's wife, Jonathan Nolan, and his wife are the showrunners for this show. So, which I I was reading how they shut down for like four or five months between. Basically, the writing had to catch up with what yeah. they were doing. They they finally got their feet under them what they wanted to do, so they just stopped. Yeah, and they they started writing. They got their idea basically, and then they wanted to make it all work before they came back and put it together. Because I, I I saw where like originally it was scheduled for 2014, I think, and then it was. Yeah. yeah. So, so then we saw, saw we're in the in the present, present and we see also sorry also in the present where we see Elsie, um, Teresa, Stubbs the Hemsworth, um, Bernard and the woodcutter with half his head gone, and they're examining him and Teresa, who she's from Quality Assurance she's the woman sleeping with Bernard, um, she they're taking over the investigation from Elsie and she Elsie complains to Bernard. And Bernard basically tells her, you know, he you know he likes what she's doing. But by the way, this whole Orion thing you've got going on, there's only three stars in his belt, not four. So this diagram that the woodcutter drew, he says he's saying that he doesn't think that's Orion. And so, so that just opens up another mystery to what the heck is he carving over and over again? Right. Well, is it I have a map? theories. I have to. Ooh, that's a that's a good theory. We'll get there. Uh, but it's like even with quality insurance, like. There's so many different, this is like an onion, there's so many different freaking layers, and every person that speaks, you're standing there like second-guessing their motives behind right, like what's going to. on, because yeah. there, I mean, there is a lot of action in this, but there is a lot of subtle acting throughout the whole and thing. And we're, everything they say means something. Yeah. They may be referring to one thing, and if you watch it again and are forming theories, you realize they're talking about something totally different. And it's, yeah, I, lo- I love it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so then we're in the past, and we see Will and William and Dolores, and he's telling Logan he wants to, you know, they're out there on this bounty hunt for Slim Miller, I think his name is, and they're, they're, he's like, we need to get Dolores back. 
Logan, he's the man of the uh, his he's he's his bro, his future brother-in-law, right? Correct. He is the douchiest douche of them right. all. Right. And he, uh, Logan's like, no, we're you wanted to do this bounty for Slim. Let's just do it. And he's he's like, I could just kill her. Yeah. He's like, I could just kill her, and then you don't have to worry about her. And he's like, well, don't do that, you know. And he starts, well, this is when Logan brings up about our company. Yeah. He has, they have, the family has a company. This is a business trip, according to him. And there was and, an interesting twist they like towards the end of the episode where yes. it makes you think. So we go to the present, and the man in black is still with Lawrence. This is the guy he saved from the gallows that, that he took, you know, to his village and got the, you know, killed his wife and, you know, cousins and everything so anyway he's got lawrence and they're looking for the the blood arroyo and you know trying to follow the checkpoints to get to the maze so he says the man in black says the whole world's a story i've read every page except the end i want to know how it ends i want to know what it all means and lawrence says well i've got friends and pariah that they can help us. And he's like, not not this trip. That's not what we're doing this trip. And Pariah is a, it's basically a cesspool in this world, um, which I, because I've looked into it. And I'll explain okay. how. Uh, um, anyway, and Lawrence is a bad guy. We know he's a bad guy. Every, you know, he, he's wanted for things. And we don't, I, I have a feeling at some point we're going to see just how bad Lawrence was. Right now he just walks around with a noose around his neck. But you, I have a feeling. You kind of feel sorry for him. Yeah. And well, it, it like, it almost alludes to you like the man in black like has some kind of life threatening illness and wants to use them to extend his life like by something that we'll get to. But it just, it, it, it's almost alluded to me. I, I feel like that's where he's trying to live forever kind of thing. Yeah. I, I don't know his ultimate plan. I just have. What I think. So he then they, he says, I think we found our snake. And he sees Armistice, which we saw in, I believe, the first episode. She was part of Hector's squad. Hector Esteban, who came to, uh, or sorry, Escaton. He, he oh, yeah, came. she was. Yeah, she was just one, one with a rifle, one of them killing people. Did she have the snake tattoo on? Yes. Okay. She had, yeah, yeah, she has the snake tattoo. But the part that's exposed that you see on her face is not colored. Yeah, it's hard to... Everything else, everything else is on her. We see... Because she, she's in the water washing, so you see, like, the whole tattoo. Which makes you feel like... I think that's a key to the past and present timelines because she says why it's the only one that's left to fill in the color of the snake. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even learn about Wyatt until Ford gave it to um, Teddy's character as part of his backstory. Right. So that makes you think that since yeah. she's connected to this character that we just met, maybe that, that you are on the right path of it being in the past. Right. And when he gave him that storyline, that that was the past. So we see a bunch of her men show up. And they're basically threatening the man in black. And he, he says, how, you know, how have I never met you? You know, saying to her, he's like, somehow I've overlooked you. And that's, you know, my fault. I should have, you know, noticed you by now. But he says, uh, she, she's got a full party. So he just goes ahead and kills a couple of her men. So that now there's room for him and Lawrence to come along on the mission. Because she's looking to ret- retrieve something of great value. And at that time, we didn't, don't know what she's talking about. 
Um, so then we go to the past and Stubbs, the Hemsworth brother, is in, you know in the underground, looking at the map. You know he's kind of governing things, and we find out from one of the underlings that Dolores is off of her loop. What she normally does each day, she's off the loop, and you're to assume that he is talking about that she is with William, you know, and Logan. Uh, and that they're going to send someone to collect her. Well, I'm going to tell you that it's going to get pretty confusing, and I don't feel like we have enough information to uh, guarantee what timeline things are things are happening. I think Dolores is doing this stuff multiple times, and this because that right there couldn't have been 30 years ago. Exactly, it could have though, because I think that Stubbs is a host. I was going to say unless he was. It's, okay. it's, it doesn't have to be that. Yeah. It, it actually. It's two things. Either he is a host. It's a third time. And these aren't, you know, he's a host and he's talking about that. We're seeing 30 years ago in that moment because he wears a jacket in this scene. And I don't base everything on what people are wearing. But later when we see him talking and it's obviously the present, he isn't wearing that. So he may have been doing this this whole time. This is his job. He's always been doing it as a host. You know, I don't know. But it's not mutually exclusive to anything else, but it's also possible that this he's talking about her being off of her loop and, so, and because this could be the present she's off her loop. She's off her loop multiple times, you know. We don't we don't know. I just don't have enough information. Damn it, Dolores. But anyway, so yeah, and and the, the underling does kind of mention that the boss is disrupting many storylines. So you assume she's referring to Ford, and it's supposed to be the present. And they're trying to make you believe that it's the present, and William's in the present, and that they're trying to mess me up. And I don't believe I'm not falling for it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like I explained. It's one of many different possibilities there to try to just throw us off. But yeah, I kind of am leaning towards he's a host. Yeah, uh, because we kind of heard that you know them saying about he was programmed to have a gun. He kind of joked about, or he knew things about. He was programmed to know Orion. And yeah. you know, usually when they're joking, there's some truth in any joke. Um, so we see the village. Uh, Dolores shows up at this was where Lawrence's family was, I believe. The little girl is there at the fountain, and she says. Uh, you know, she's. I'm from the same place as you. She tells Dolores, "Don't you remember?" And Dolores, this is so convoluted. Dolores has flashbacks of the church and of a grave, and and she sees her. She's if if you look, she's look. She's standing looking at her own gravestone. Yeah. You know, and there's, she sees the gun, and then she you know is approached by, um, uh, the sheriff of the town or whatever coming to collect her. Um, to put her back on her loop. If she's not being accompanied by a customer, then she needs to just get back on her loop. Um, she realizes, she's, she's remembering all this stuff and says, my father's dead, you know, I don't need to go back to my farm where my father is. He's dead. She's remembering. And just then Will comes out of the building and says, she's with me, basically, so she doesn't have to be collected. She can continue on with what she's doing. So like I said, there's a lot going on there. I watched it multiple times, slowed it down, all the flashes, and there's just not 
I feel like we don't have enough information to determine from that that it's just the past or just the present. She could. We see the girl standing there. She hits the stick on the ground. And then they show her hitting the stick on the ground again, like it's two different timelines that she does that. Uh, you know, she's doing it twice. And then all of a sudden the map is there. The little girl drew the map in the dirt, you know, to show Dolores... This makes me want to, or it makes me wish we had this podcast going on when Fringe was going on, where it had to do with the parallel timelines and the two different Earths. I never watched and, that show. And oh my God, you it's you have to go back and watch it because it is so. Well, I can't good. confuse myself along with this, but I'll go back and watch it someday. Like it, put it on your things to do because okay. there's so much little things that tie into another thing. Yeah. But this, where where you get a Groundhog Day feel from this show, uh, it's not like Groundhog Day in the effect that if it, it doesn't reset each day necessarily. If you're the customer takes you off your loop, you go with them until the end of their stay if they want, or until they release you. I mean, you're allowed to stay up to 28 days. Uh, I'll tell you how I know that. But that you can you can well because that was one thing that like during that episode where. They had to clean up the town real quick. That was that episode, right? Where they had to clean the town up, or was that last episode? Uh, probably the last one. But there was a spot where, like, the people were coming back from out of town, like, on some kind of venture, and they were they had to reset everything really quick. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay, that was this. That was this one. That was because that made because that was one thing I was thinking. I was like, so how do you get all these people interconnecting and right. still play these storylines out over and over again? Right. So that that was kind of explained a little bit there. So, then we get to the present, the man in black, and the rest of them with Armistice and Lawrence and them. They're still helping her look for her valuable thing, which we find out, you know, it's going to be Hector. It's, you know, it's Hector. Of course it's Hector. And so, then we're, we go to the past, and Will is, you know, with Dolores at the camp, and Dolores, you know, it's night, she's talking to him, and... She explains how she used to worry about the steers, which remember she was talking to Teddy in the first episode about the steers, and about the Judas steer, and how the other ones follow it. Um, she used to worry about them finding their way back home, and it's kind of a you know analogy for the hosts, you know. And it never occurred to me that we were bringing them back for the slaughter. She says, you know, we remember you know about Teddy and. And, and you think, you know, she is basically the Judas steer. And she says, you have to keep your eye on it because if it wanders off the trail or off its loop, the herd will follow. So if she gets, you know, off of her loop, gets, becomes, you know, sentient or whatever, you know, is everyone else going to join her? I mean, there is cold storage. We saw them them put away the father at the end of the first episode. There's a whole bunch of them down there. They, they could unleash an army. There's just so many ways they can go with it. So she starts to, she looks up at the moon and then remembers like these lights and starts remembering the hazmat guys at her homestead cleaning up after her. The aliens. Yeah. Then we go to the present, man in black. They're sitting at the campfire. He's standing around there and a couple of customers that are in this party come over and say they admire his foundation. They say Saved his sister, sister's life, and he's like, you know, one more word and I'll cut your throat. This is my freaking vacation. I'll, I'll save you a bleep. Um, he, so now we're finding out that he's basically got a foundation out in the real world 
So he's rich. Is it the same company that Logan's family had? Is this what he married into? And they purposely said foundation and not company. Yeah, I mean, we're still, we don't know. But it feels like it's got a lot to do with each other. But we know that he's somebody out in the real world. People recognize him. Um, So Armistice's guy's plan is to steal a cannon and break Hector out of prison. And the man in black just says, I can do it faster. But what, she's like, for what? And he wants the story behind her tattoo, you know, so he can get on with his quest. And she's like, why? And he says, he tells her about Arnold, who was the original settler in the past and created a world where you could do anything you want except die. So it may feel real, but it's just a game. You know, I think he is in search of hardcore mode. You know, basically, right now he's walking around. He can kill anybody, and not, and he can't get hurt. And we know, we think from this maze that the center, you find out, you know, you you get figure out what's going on. You become sentient, I guess. So he he th- seems to think that they're going to be able to kill him. Possibly, it's going to be more realistic to him. He wants hard mode. Hmm. That's interesting. Said so then. Arnold broke his own rule. He died. I really do think Arnold... No, where originally we questioned that when Ford said that, you know, last episode. But I really do think Arnold died in the past and that he's, you know, Barnard is his host. Um, so he says about Arnold, I think he... Oh, because that was... Uh, maybe that was on the video that I was reading is some of the things they talked about that... The video I was reading, but... The, <laughs> The video I was watching, the they, they watching. talked about was from the the two different timelines. They show two different logos, yes. and one there is are, slightly. There, is, sl- there are things to to separate the past and the present. And they've also showed. I don't know if they said you see it or not, but the contracts in the contracts it says if anything happens to you, like your blood, body, and tissue samples that they yeah. might recover are their yeah. property. And I'll tell you where you get that here. Okay. And, um, the, but yeah, there are ways to tell past and present also in the Westworld logo that they have on some uniforms and things in earlier episodes. And like when they, when in the second episode when William and Logan show up in town and bump into the one guy and he says, oh, you know, watch out, Grizzly Adams. That's a pretty 70s thing to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway... So, he is telling about her about Arnold, and he says, I think he had one story left to tell, a story with real stakes, real violence. I'm here to honor his legacy, and your tattoo is the next piece of the puzzle. And she's, a, she's like, you plan to attack a prison with 20 men there? And she said, I just need Lawrence and a match. So, she agrees to it. Next thing we see, he's on a stagecoach. He and Lawrence are already caught by the law, headed to the prison. It's like they just glossed over it. No need to show us. We find out later that they stole some horses right in front of, right in front of them, and the guys were joking about it. How dumb that was. Well, they wanted to get caught. So Lawrence, I love that Lawrence is led right to his death, and he's just like so pissed off at. Yeah. Oh, he's complaining. He's complaining to the man in black while they're in the stagecoach that, you know, he saved him from the gallows. And he, he's just like, what, what, good, what good is it? And the man in black says, no choice you ever made was your own. He said, what if I told you I'm here to set you free? 
Although not necessarily for good reasons, Lawrence. Maybe I want to set you free so I can, you know, kill you. Yeah, bite you. Or so, you know, he has the cigars. We find out later they're explosive, and the the one law guy grabs some. Um, Lawrence is a very wanted man. We start to find out, and as he gets going to the firing squad, he says to the man in black, "I'm going to kill you." And the man in black says, "Maybe someday." <laughs> Yeah, uh, in parentheses, maybe someday you can. Yeah, you know, I think I, I never thought like that. That's I, a good theory. I mean, I, they're they're confirming it with things they're saying there. You know, I, I I like that theory. Um, so he gets in the cell with Hector. Hector's like, you know, we've never met. You know, who are you? And he says, Men in Black's like, I knew you were, but you always seem market tested. Just a big gun with a scar. You know. Which, his name's Hector Escaton, which Escaton, if you look it up, means the end of the world. Is what es- so, it's a little slightly different spelling, but it seems like it's purposefully. Yeah. Um, then he uses his match, stuffs a cigar in the you know, cell door, and we see Stubbs again. Okay, now he's not wearing the jacket, which makes me think, okay, it's the present, and he is... He has to okay pyrotechnics for this to happen. And since he's already said this guy can do whatever he wants in the world, he's just approving whatever he wants. Which, like, I like that scene because it showed that they're watching him the whole entire time. Like, they might not know what he's saying or doing, but they're keeping an eye on him. It's part of the game. Is is it just part of the game? This is, he's just, he's getting to do what he's allowed to do. Uh, Is it because of who he is or is it just because he's a... High-level member, you know, um, there are different levels to membership. Um, anyway, he approves it. Uh, they bust out, you know, basically. Um, get back to Armistice. And she, so she starts to tell about her tattoo. She says, um, these masked men with horns and, and Wyatt was with them, she says. He, they killed her, killed her mom, and she hid in her mom's blood or... You know, whoever all was Which, killed. Which, what a freaking gruesome backstory. Yeah. Like, that was... But it was so cool, because she's she hid in the blood, and now she hunts them down, and she's using their blood to make a tattoo. You know, and the only one left is Wyatt, like you said. That's who she wants to put on the head of the snake, because that's what he was, according to her. But that was, like, such a gruesome, good backstory, and just, like, listening to her tell a story, like, it just added such a... a realness fake factor to it. It's, it's so weird, like... Because when you get into... Yeah, I mean, it's still a story. Yeah. It's still... They have to have something kind of over the top, you know, for a, a video game or, you know. it's But it's still real, It's still really good. So, anyway, we're, then we're back to Maeve. And these savages, they refer to them, the, you know, are walking through town like a little parade of them and they drop a doll, which looks like a hazmat guy. And... She she starts to you know she's thinking about that she she's back in the Mariposa and she makes a connection you know by what the conversation that Hector you know lived with these savages so she wants to talk to Hector she wants to know what's up with the doll what this character is to the savages because she knows it looks like the guys that have been operating on her um, then we see Bernard and Teresa in their bedroom. And talking, and I think she's using, you know, this Bernard. She, you know, she's using him 
for sex, basically. Later, Ford says, you know, be careful with him. You know, he... It, it just makes me feel like, I mean, I already think he's a, a host. Yeah. And I think she just is using him, you know, for what she wants. Do you think she knows he's a host? I, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, it, well, because, yeah, I mean, it's obvious that he's using her for sex or she's using him. But also, is it like she's trying to get inside information on what Ford's doing at the yeah, same time? She's, she's complaining to him that basically Ford's out of line and she's got, she knows the board. Yeah, and they'll be descending at any moment to take care of this, basically. So then, so she goes out, she's going to talk to Ford. We see the big explosion. There's more work being done out there. and Which we, that was interesting because that like made everything, like this is a realistic setting that they're working in. It's mm-hmm. not... Some yeah. 3D printer, you know, whatever yeah. you want to go with yeah, technology-wise. They can go in that world. It is being moved around by large machines. Yeah. You're right. Uh, she got, He says something about the neighbors complaining, you know, and, and uh, she's trying to talk him into taking his time. She's like, take your time with this new story, you know. Don't get in such a big hurry. And he's like, delay it? No, I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> this is like where he, like, Pulls the total God move. Oh man, it was like, such and a good, it was so like such it, a good scene. It was very creepy and eerily and scary. Like it was, don't f with me. I will take you out. Right. You have no control over me. Yeah. So you see the workers. There's a whole line of workers, like a chain gang. If you look, this the Lee Sizemore character that introduced the story Odyssey on Red River that Ford totally said, nope, not we're not doing that at all. This is the cast. Of the Odyssey at Red River. That is who, he's, talk about God mode. He's got your cast. You want to do something? We're not doing that. They're going to be digging up for my new story. And it is them. You can, if you look at it, they're dressed the same. It's like a girl in the pink dress. And there's a guy with a hood. It's just, it, I, it was so funny. Well, and that was like what like made me think of when you saw the, the, the uh, workers in the field. And how we talked about earlier is, again, do these hosts exist outside of this game? Like they could be creating crops and plants, or you could be creating pot um, food in the in game. In the world, do they? Need and then it? like yeah. sending it out to the world, right. right? Like I mean, there's so much you could be doing with these. We don't know how far this how far this stretches. You yeah. know, I mean, if you watch the 1980 series Beyond Westworld, you know <laughs> that it can go on outside the game. Right. Yeah, it's so funny because. We're doing this. We basically decided we might as well record this because otherwise Michael and I would be sitting somewhere talking about it anyway. So, so we might as well let you guys listen to us. So they sit down to eat outside on the veranda, and we find out she's sitting at the same table she sat at in the same seat when she came there with her parents as a child. He completely played her. Yeah. And he starts to talk about when they started Westworld. That he, he says that he, Ford, thought that People would choose good storylines. They came with up with all kinds of good storylines. And Arnold said, Arnold disagreed and said, no, they'll pick the bad stuff. People are going to come here to do bad things. And Arnold was right. People did not choose the good storylines. They choose the bad. And he says Arnold actually started to just totally prefer the hosts, which goes right along with, you know, he wanted them to become sentient. So Arnold didn't even want Delos which is the company to, which I believe is Logan's family's company, Delos. Now, in, in the earlier episodes in different places, you've seen 
Um, then there's like a, a wire globe with Delos written on it. You know, like this is the company that is doing this. You know, they've invested their money in this. And maybe another reason, if, if William became a part of that company and he is the man in black in the future, that sure would explain why he has run of the place. If he's, if he's part of the company that is invested in this. Um, then he just, free, you know, Ford just freezes everything. He freezes all the people in the. Which the every scene. time he does that, it's so creepy. Oh man! It's it just, just shows, you know, shows how much power he has over the place. And that time, like when he stopped everything, like you didn't see how he stopped it. There wasn't right. like he didn't no, have to wave his fingers. He yeah. didn't like he did with the snake. You know, he didn't have to. He doesn't have to do it from an iPad like everybody else, or whisper in their ear, or do whatever. He can just basically think it. Yeah. And it happened. That was that was added such a level of ugh. Yeah. This is where he tells her that she's she and Delos, the company, are just guests. You know, be careful with Bernard. He's got a sensitive disposition. And don't get in my way. He, he, he says something like, and, and, you know, to be honest with you, don't get in my, my way. Or uh, if you don't mind me saying, don't get in my way. If anybody leads a statement with that, what the next thing they tell you is what they mean. Mm-hmm. You know, they're saying, I'm serious. Don't get in my way. And he mentions how he's not the sentimental type. Right. Yeah. He, she, she says, She says. well, the board is going to be sending somebody. And, he's, and he totally pulls the rug out from under her and says, the board already sent a representative. I've already, I've already handled it. You're, you're, out, you're out of the loop. You know. He says, my story will be completed on time. And it won't be a retrospective. Like you said, it, it's, I'm not the sentimental type. And then we see the huge machine coming towards the building they're in, mm-hmm. which just shows how not sentimental he is. This is the building she sat in as a child when she came here, and he's mowing it down right now. Which he did that. That was all like in his plan, you know. That he was oh yeah, he like, wanted to show her. You know, it, he's sticking to her at every every moment. It, it's just so powerful. I hope. I hope. I kind of am curious. I hope he's in the whole series. You know, when they hire an actor that old, they don't always can plan on ca- keeping them in the series because you never know what's going to happen to somebody. I'd get morbid. Yeah. But, you know, so is this a character they would kill off early in the series? I don't know. I hope not because he brings so much to that show. Well, because that was another thing James Marston was saying is how this was envisioned as a 10-episode show. And yeah. now they're talking like five to six seasons. Well, it was seasons. supposed to... It, it was that and then they... Really early on, it was supposed to be three or four seasons. And then by the time, that's when they stopped, that we've got better ideas yeah. and expanded it to five, six, or seven, yeah. which is, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> like, Seth has never looked more like a little kid than when talking, like, he talks me talks about me lighting up on conspiracies. When it comes to Westworld, his eyes get real big, and you just he just seems like a little kid. I, I didn't realize this was missing from my life. <laughs> it's been a long time since Lost when we were breaking That's, down yeah. stuff. It's like I, I, I like the extra level to it. Well, what I, I'm really enjoying about this is it seems like everything is planned where it like with Lost, like we reference that all the time, but it just it pissed everyone off so because bad. none of the theories made any sense on Lost, you know. Nor it, nor was anything ever answered. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and I feel like on this show, pretty much everything will be answered. It just set it's set up for there to be a key to the puzzles, you know. Yeah. So then we go back to the past. Oh, keys. <laughs> <laughs> will William and Logan and them are going after Slim. Uh, he's holed up in a cabin with his guys, and they they bust in. 
you know, they can't get killed, so they shoot everybody. And Logan gets, you know, keeps Slim alive, but takes his gun. Upgrade, video game upgrade. He got a better yeah, gun. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> I like that. So then we go to the present. Lawrence, man in black, find Teddy, you know, on the edge of death. Alive. But alive. Yet, yeah. Correct. But alive. He said, begs the man in black, just put me out of my misery. And he says, looks like misery's all you've got. <laughs> and... I think, you know, yes, they did leave him alive. Technically, he didn't die in this episode. But I kind of think that the way it works in my head is they don't go collect hosts until they're dead. You know, if you've been taken off your loop, you're dying and tied to a tree or whatever, they'll come get you when you're dead. You know, it's not. it doesn't have to be like that. Maybe they need to step in and do it for whatever reason. Because any of the people could find him hanging like that yeah. and, like, try to get They him. left him up there to that point. Yeah. What, what reason would they not leave him there until he dies? Because it could be part of the storyline. If he's not dead, the um, customers could find him, take him off the yeah. tree, and continue I mean, the adventure. Exactly. Who who knows? Nurse him back In fact, I, have, I never put any thought into why he was even there. You know, I feel like there's a reason, and I'm not, I'm not, I need to think about that. I'll try to have a reason by next week. But it's just like, what reason is he tied there almost dying? Did he say who did that to him? No. He was, because last time we saw him was all the devil horn guys, like, surrounding him. It's possibly that's him. who did it. Shooting him. I assume, like. Is that in the same structure? Like, gosh. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Cause it what, is in the same, because this, this, I, oh, wait. Yeah, it it's. It seems like this is the same timeline because uh, the Man in Black is still with Lawrence. This is the yeah. same loop that's happening there. So it could be that he, that's where they left him. That's good, Michael. You came up with it. Good yeah, job. I'm sure, I was trying to think, was he in, in the shape of an X or a cross? Like the way he was strung up? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm sure that's, there's, a, there, there's some kind of key there, too. So then we go to the past. They're bringing in Slim alive. They want to stop and gag him because he won't shut up. But before they do, Slim tells about that he's got a boss named Alazo who will pay double if they take him to Pariah. And so Logan kills kills the bounty hunter that's with him. And William's like, what? You just murdered somebody. He's like, he's a freaking robot. Chill out. He's like, uh, are you kidding me? We got, we got an Easter egg. This is the best ride in the park. You know, we found this special thing. He told us about his boss. We're going to get double. Now, here's a question. Did he actually refer to him as a robot? He didn't say robot. Okay. But whatever he, I don't remember what he said, but it was basically saying that he's nothing. I killed, you know, one of the hosts. I'm just curious if there's some kind of language you could pick up on between the timelines of mm. what they're referring to as yeah, the I don't hosts. Know. I haven't, I haven't no. yet. But um, so he's talking, to, he's telling William, go black hat with me. Let's do it. We're going to Pariah. You know, this is the bad place. He's like, he's like, you won't change. It's a game. You won't change from a trip to the dark side. And that is such a foreshadowing saying, or will he? Or will yes. you turn into the man in black? You know, come on. So, you know, because the man in black told Dolores in an earlier episode that he believes the true self comes out through trauma. So maybe William's attitude changes after the accident at the park, you know, the critical failure or whatever, you know, doing, maybe this is the mission that changes him to a black hat, you know, even though Logan says it won't. So then we're in the present. 
Hector and Armistice are going to town for the safe like they do. That's their loop. Um, so, yes, yeah, Stubbs sends some soldiers to go so they have somebody to fight. You know, he's watching it. He sends sol- soldiers to try to stop him so they've got some gunplay. Maeve pulls, you know, when he gets in the saloon in the Mariposa, Maeve pulls out her okay, little Okay, yeah, gun. that's where that was at, where they were saying they needed to hurry up and clear the storyline structure. Right, right. So he, she, she pulls a gun on Hector. They go up to the room. She says she'll give him the combination of the safe if he'll give her some answers because he lived with the savages. You know, she wants to know about them. Go which on. there was so much, like, over-sexualized of this whole scene because she's a prostitute, and it was like she was still trying to find answers but play into her character and him doing the exact same thing as the over-the-top bad guy. But like, right. He's trying to play his character, and she, she's, she's remembering things. She wants real answers. So she's asked, she shows him a picture of the hazmat guy. And meanwhile, like you said, Stubbs realizes some customers are coming back to town, um, and they've got kids with them is the thing. So they need to clean the streets up so they jam everybody's weapons and so on. Um, so Hector, who knows the savages, says the pick of that guy is a shade, which is a sacred. It's sacred in na- native lore, and they make, that's what they make these figures about. And a shade is sent from hell to oversee our world. She tell she tells him about being shot, and that this hazmat guy was trying to fix her. You know, this shade supposedly tries to fix her. And he says that part of the, the story is that if you see the masters who pull the strings, it's a blessing from God. Well, she's seeing who's pulling the strings, you know, so. It's just like alien abductions. That's what's really happening. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> so she ends up having to cut and pull out the bullet fragment. And she, at this moment, she knows she's not crazy. She just wanted to prove to herself that she wasn't crazy. And they start. Which that was quite a powerful scene. It like was when very. They pulled the bullet out, and they're both looking at it. She's like, "I'm not crazy." She's like, "And none of this matters." Yeah. And she starts making out as they get mowed down by the law, and it's like, be, so when she in her next loop, when she comes back, and something reminds her when she remembers, if she remembers that nothing matters, what is this character going to be capable of? Yeah, like that was, it, it was. A very powerful moment in that she knew that it didn't matter she was going to die and she was going to be back so right um so that was the episode um there's some things we can get to let's see about theories as far as orion i don't think that's totally debunked that that has something to do with orion because in greek mythology delos the name of the company is an island where Orion died. He was shot mistakenly by Artemis. We'll see if that comes up at all. But he, but Delos and Orion are tied together in Greek mythology. So you can't tell me that this doesn't have something yeah. to do with something, you know. Or maybe they're just—it was just a way to screw with people after the third episode. Because you know, there's going to be some false flags planted also to try to throw you off the trail. And it sounded to me like you might have heard about a theory that Orion is a map. You know, could well, isn't or, there something like in? I could be wrong, but isn't there something about Orion's belt like that references some kind of mythology story? Like, I, I don't. I, I used to be really up. big. Like that was my first superhero track was Greek mythology, right? And I I feel like there's something to do with that. I'm gonna have to look that up. Well, 
Could it be this is a map of the checkpoints that you have to go to get to the maze? You know, oh, it yeah. is is the girl, you know, the little girl. Is she a checkpoint? Are those, are those safe points? Yeah, I I, like I mean, is this of... is this where you find the armistice? Is this and you find the girl and she shows you the you know the map or tells you about the blood arroyo and all that you know who I don't know, but it's just a possibility. So here's my kind of big theory here. So listen up. Okay. Okay. This is reaching. So this could totally be false. This is a Michael moment, in yeah. the, but it's like yeah. total sense. This is my tinfoil hat moment. Okay. So we saw, I think it was probably the second episode, at the end we saw that church steeple coming out of the ground, right? I believe, okay, I really believe this. That's the church from 30 years ago buried from a previous story. From, from the critical failure, it's been buried. They buried that whole storyline that screwed everything up. And... That and it it's kind of goes along with. I was going to ask Cliff. I I heard that Disneyland, like Frontierland, supposedly still exists in the ground underneath the current property. <laughs> you know, so yeah, I figured he'd have something to say about that. Um, Ford said that Arnold died in that timeline. Um, and what he talked about the voice of God. You know, like. This, this consciousness that they were trying to, he was trying to have the hosts gain, what, um, they were selling it to him as the voice of God. So, would it not make sense that there would be a priest in this church trying to convince these hosts that this voice they heard in their head was God? And would, this is my next step, would that not explain why he is dressed all in black in the past? Is he not one white collar away from being, <laughs> from being Arnold as the priest in this church in the past? Oh. I know I'm reaching. The black outfit does not strictly look like a priest's yeah. outfit. It's not. It really almost doesn't. But it's all black, and I, I feel like that's at least, there's a chance, you know. And it would make a lot of sense to the story and, that Arnold was trying to sell in the past. And as a preacher, like they could be dressed different ways and yeah, churches, who knows? Like, yeah, I, I guess I'm not ready to disregard that thought. I think that's a great possibility. Um, and it would be, you know, I, if that pops up, I'm going to really be happy. <laughs> so I will say I heard heard an interview with with Nolan um, that the man in black wants to be a that he's a bad guy. They, you know, he. Now, show creators say things, you know, it could be true. Could, they try to throw you off the track. I, kind of, I think he's a bad guy anyway, really. I think he just, he, he is a black hat and he wants to, you know, make these, just make the game harder for himself or at least find everything in the game. I, I, some people think he's secretly a good guy, you know, that, you know, that William didn't go totally bad. I have no idea, but the showrunner's kind of saying that he is bad. He, he's a bad guy, omnipotent, manipulative, and evil. So whether that's true or not. Um, is, you know, I also kind of, if you really want to get tinfoil, is Teresa, the, you know, the woman that Ford's messing with there, it, is she cl- have more to do with this than maybe we've been led to believe? Is she, 
this is really out there. Is she Logan's sister? Was she supposed to be the fiance of the man of William? You know, I, that's way out there, but it's possible. You know, is this character? Oh, I, I I almost don't think she's old enough. Well, because I think, like, talking about the critical failure with the timelines, I think the douche is going to get killed in that path. At some point during this critical failure, whatever happened, like, I think that would make sense is is that he dies. That would make sense. That would be why William came into power. I really don't believe the Teresa thing I just said, the more I think about it. But I I was just trying to think. I think there's more to her than just she came there as a little girl. That I I mean, that would... She's invested in Delos, the company. Because doesn't it, I'm just referring him to the, as the douche from now on. But doesn't he say his family's been coming there for years? Yeah. 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 I mean, they they are invested in the company, yeah. and I, I mean, they are. They, I believe they haven't come out and said that Delos is the company that Logan and William are involved in, but or even the one that the Man in Black is, and you know, has the foundation. But I kind of feel like. At least one of them is tied to that. Hmm. Um, we got like the episode titles. The next, I mean, all of them are out there. But if you want, go over the next few, there's Contrapasso, which refers to the punishment of souls in Dante's Inferno. Um, so that's the next episode. Which, by the way, I'm not going to go through the preview from for next week, but it looked crazy. <laughs> there's a lot going on. And um, the one after that is The Adversary, episode six. Which is, you know, we don't know who the adversary they're speaking of. You know, it could be anybody. Um, and then the seventh episode is called Trompe Leoel. I don't know how to speak French. But it stands for, it means optical illusion. So what is the optical illusion? <laughs> you know, what part of this isn't real? Well, that's just like how they're going in and out of the park. Like... With all the big machines, it makes you think that like, it's actual real Earth that they're moving around. But how the train, like they showed whether that was the past or not, like going into the game, it was like, so is there just like optical illusion doors? Is there like a fence around uh, this yeah. that in and out of it? Or because it seems like there's elevators into it as well. So it, it's. Okay, so I've got a I've got an announcement to make. I'm going to Westworld. You're going to Westworld? <laughs> I've signed up. I'll, I'll leave tomorrow. There's a website. I heard there was like a bunch of fake websites out there where you could sign up to. This is to, it. It's okay. made by the show. Yeah. You know, it's Discover Westworld. The viral. You go there media. and you can sign up. Like you have to go there and there's even like a virtual host that will answer any question. You know, nice. you ask what's this or that. Like I asked about the bullets. And he said, let me see, he said, so it's Aiden, this is the host's name. He said, uh, Westworld wouldn't be as thrilling if the guns weren't loaded. Humans can be shot, but you're under no serious risk of injury or death. Our guns feature low-velocity technology, which feels closer to paintballs than bullets. And you will either get better at ducking or grow accustomed to the impact. Basically saying yeah. William wasn't accustomed to the impact, and the man in black, you know, later, he, he is accustomed to it. So, dun, dun, dun. so anyway, so I signed up. I had to, you know, then they had to approve me. It was such a stupid, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but it's, they've really went into great yeah. detail. And they, I mean, they have went over the top with what you can do, but they, 
So then they sent me a thing. I'd go in and answer questions for the personality. What kind, what type I would sign up as? There's different. I love this. There's different roles that you can go into Westworld as, like you know, basically a black hat person, a bounty hunter. I'll, I'll go through them here in a minute. But um, and then they then they get back to you again later. It was like the next day. You know, they gotta get back. Okay, now we know you know what you can be, and you can book your stay. You have to and. <laughs> So I'll tell you the different ways you can go. You can do a standard stay, which is, you know, covers everything you ever need. Upon entrance to the park, you have a private consultation in one of our state-of-the-art wardrobe show wardrobe showrooms. It's where you'll choose the most two most important elements: your hat and your weapon. Um, then there's also the silver level, which it's not your first rodeo here at Westworld. You're ready to bypass standard gameplay in the park to find deeper narratives. Whether you're itching to join a bounty hunt or a black hat looking for mischievous opportunities in Pariah, <laughs> um, the silver package can equip you with the resources necessary for critical missions. And then there's the gold level, which is what I signed up for. <laughs> I figured, I figured our listeners are going to fund this. Uh, we're going to kickstart this. I need all this. I need fifty percent of this by tomorrow. By the way. <laughs> The gold levels for our more advanced guests, panning for the hidden gems in Westworld can take time. And our gold package offers access to secret paths that lead straight to the outer fringes of the park. Basically, the man in black, whatever package he has. You could sign up for anywhere from a week to a month. Um, which I thought, you know, that is that it was just so neat. But anyway, so I signed up. You could pay... Uh, uh, with a premium bank card, select cryptocurrency or secure wire transfer. So here's what I signed up for. I got find it here. Sorry. Okay, I got the gold package. It's a little pricey, guys. Okay. So my total stay. This is going to cost one point six million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, my length of stay is a week, and it works out to. $200,000 a day because of I didn't just get the $40,000 package like they got. It's like the celebrities that play like $20 million go up in the space for an hour right. or something. And you have to, as part of it, you have to book a stay at Mesa Gold Detox Accommodations afterwards, which that was $140,000 in itself. This is to get get you back to normal life, kind of a transition place. Interesting. But anyway, they show maps of the place on the website that shows you how like the Mesa Gold is at the top and there's the different levels going all the way down to cold storage all the way at the bottom. Um, how many levels? Many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was many. Plus they had like diagrams of how things worked. Um, so the one of the things that it described was like about graves. You know, you may, someone may die, a, a host may die in there, be buried and there, which like she saw her grave, you know, that they may be buried, but then underneath they'll pull the host from underneath and re-set it up to put it back out in the world. You know, it, it's it's worth checking out. I definitely recommend looking at that. So the different roles you could have. This will be the last thing we'll go over. Other than the fact that there's a contract, like you said, where they they have access to your DNA. You know what that has to do with the show? I feel like it has something to do with yeah. are these were these people? I mean, crazy were these people real? Was Dolores a real person originally that she's this host is based on? You know that's why I said it gets real sketchy in those memories of the church and things. 
at some point, you know, is one of these memories real life, you know? Well, because when you're thinking of character building, what's easier to do? Build someone completely from scratch or start the building right. blocks as far off as, of someone? Yeah. As far as Delos, yeah. when they're creating them, did they create them from real people? Um, even though they really act like she's 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 got a real Alice in Wonderland complex. Yeah. <laughs> so they talk about, you know, the contract you got, you know, there's accidental death. You could get it, it says Buffalo Stampede. Self-cannibalism, accidental hanging, drowning, third-degree burns, auto-erotic asphyxiation, <laughs> blunt force trauma, allergic reaction to plant life, falling from great heights, manslaughter, tumbleweeds. You know, you absolve Delos of... How can you get killed by a tumbleweed? <laughs> how can you, I just want to know. How can you self-cannibalize? <laughs> I feel like that must be going to come up. Um, and, and, yeah, so after you have to go to the decompression. Then... The personalities that you can choose from going to, you know, they'll determine what you are. You go there as a bounty hunter, an outlaw, an innocent, a sheriff, a homesteader, a soldier, an explorer, an industrialist, an undertaker, a, a libertine. Now, a libertine I'm going to describe just because this is what Logan is. This is the douche you're talking about. He, you're a sensual being. You enjoy food, sex, and all the carnal ple- pleasures life affords. You appreciate colors, textures, flavors, art, music, and literature. The West, believe it, or, believe it or not, is the perfect place for you. Its lawlessness allows for true exploration of sin and decadence. Pariah may be the place for you, but there are other places besides. Places only a select few gain access to, but you may prove worthy. They're headed to Pariah in the show yeah. is the reason I brought that up, and that's his character. There's just there's a lot on the website. There's also another website um, I haven't looked at yet. I think it, it's more... Uh, it gets into some other stuff. I can't. I can't remember what it was, but I'll let you know if I if I do it. That's where we're at. So many layers. So many. Definitely, I feel like we're getting our money's worth. Yeah. Um, and if you're listening to us, you're getting your money's worth because it's free, <laughs> and you get to listen to all these silly ideas, and it's fun to talk about. Um, we should probably wrap it up. This this short thing turned into a long. <laughs> Well, um, I'm glad you guys tuned in to uh, the the dynamic duo reading of Westworld on this uh, trick-or-treat Halloween night. Um, as always, I am the illustrious Michael K. Easton. You can find this at youdownwithkpp.com or on Facebook. Um, Twitter is... Twitter is the at the Kapow Podcast. And I am, according to the Westworld personalities test, I am the explorer. So, which is, I I don't know. I didn't write it down. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll next week we're doing something else. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs>